0: Welcome to the Get Sacred Podcast. I'm your host, intuitive life coach, Melissa Elysian, and I'm here to teach you how to create more money, more love, and more sacred success. If you're ready to create a lusciously abundant and pleasure-filled life, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited because today on the podcast, I have one of my clients, Jenny Lopez. She is a licensed social, licensed clinical social worker. And she's based in LA. She has a private practice. And as we're coming to wrap up the work that we're doing together, you know, we've landed on a theme of homecoming for Jenny, just this idea of coming home to yourself. And so I really wanted to talk with her about her journey and like what that means and what that was like for her in the last six months that we've worked together and like, you know, steal gems from her mind and um, share them with you. So that's what we're going to do. Welcome, Jenny. I'm really excited to have you, as you already know.
1: (laughs) I'm cheesing. I have a big cheese smile on my face. Gracias, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa, for having me.
0: You're very, very welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, so let's just dive in. Talk to me about homecoming. I know you shared with me. it's on your mind. You know, tell me what it means to you, and then we can talk about you know how it's showing up in your life the last few months.
1: Definitely. So homecoming, um, I got to go back to the i e the Inland Empire, which is part of home for me. So I got to spend some cool time in nature this weekend and as, as I was, you know, walking among the trees and feeling the cool breeze, you know, I just kept thinking like, I really feel one, obviously I'm here back home, but I also feel so at home with myself and I really relished in that feeling when I went on my hike, just really holding on to that. It's a new
0: feeling for me and I really like it. Mm. So a lot of the work that I do, it's so fun to me because I do general life coaching. I do psychedelic life coaching, but it really is not. (laughs) It's like a hundred things, but it's also this one thing that you're talking about. It's like knowing yourself, loving yourself, showing up for yourself, fully embracing yourself, and then seeing from that place, you know, what you want to create in the world, how you want to be in it, how you want to connect with everything. So I love that it was a walk in nature, right? When you're like very connected to this very powerful presence that to be, from my perspective, is us as well, right? Like being one with nature is not this idea that it's separate. I don't have that, right? So that you were in a place where you can connect with life itself. And then in that moment also got to relish in like who you are can you tell me a little bit of like what that means to you in relationship to like what did it feel like before like if we've rewinded six months like what did it feel like before you landed at this beautiful place that felt like home inside of yourself mm,
1: yeah what a great question Melissa <laughs> um gosh there was a lot of fear around being home hmm. you know being um quiet with my thoughts took me to this place of like the what I haven't <laughs> you haven't done this you haven't done that um you mean like like
0: the imaginary to-do list of like I need to be better at this. I have to get this qualification. I need to do this program. I need to like change this thing about myself like that.
1: Yeah, that exhausting stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That exhausting stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found myself constantly being in that place and um, this never ending race to something, I wasn't even sure what it was, but it was like... um, it, at some point, you know, really started to just feel like a rat race that I wondered, like, really, what is the meaning in all this, right? Would of um, high school Jenny be happy with herself right now? Is this really what she would have wanted? Is this really what you want? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I just had a question and then you said high school self, and then I got kind of lost. Let me let me, first, let me tell you why I got lost, because it's like, when I think back to all past versions of myself and their expectations for me, or like what they thought my life would look like now, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's completely spot on. And other times it's true. There's a part of me that I still resonate. And then I'm like, wait, that's not, is that really, maybe this thing that I'm doing is not really me. There's a part of me that knows that, you know? Um, And I kind of love that you can use that as a reference point. I think sometimes our younger versions are a little bit misguided. They have no idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But
0: then other times I'm like, oh yeah, that's before, that's before someone told you how to do this or someone told you how to think like that or someone judged you. That was before then. That's what you wanted before somebody else's filters came through. So I love that you were able to acknowledge like, oh, there's a part of me that remembered this isn't exactly what I wanted. Like, this is not what I plan to be. This is not actually who I am. That's pretty cool. So the question is lost, but I love that you brought that up. Um, talk to me about what got you to a place where you knew that you wanted to come home to yourself. Because not everybody lands there. Some people land in like insisting on being somebody else. Do you know what I mean? And I and I and I don't want to confuse that with like changing who you are. I feel like we have freedom to change our identity whenever we want, but some people are not free in the um, versions of themselves that they're imagining in their minds. It's like this like perf- perfect version of themselves that they think is going to happen, which is like a bondage as far as I'm concerned. So tell me about. <laughs> What made it so that you're like, no, I want to come home to me. Like, I want to know me. I want to love me. Tell me about where you were at or what what was the catalyst for doing that work?
1: Yeah, I think I was at a big tipping point in my career. Um, I remember one time, um, you know, I was presented with a certificate of, I don't know, employee of the month. I don't remember. Um, But the description really, like, in a way, made me really sad because it mentioned she is here at five in the morning, last one to leave, as if there were a badge of honor. Mm, And inside, I knew, like, I was crumbling, like, I was exhausted. I, as I said, I was kind of at the brink of, you know, I was needing my mental health services at that point because I was just so burnt out. Mm. And I found that I wasn't, I wasn't experiencing home. Mind you, I have a loving partner <laughs> to come home to. But at that point, you know, I think there was a huge unbalance in my personal life. Um, and, I, and I, it was very sad because, you know, my relationships were now being compromised by being in a really toxic work situation where I was very much in survival mode, I found myself. And so I think a combination of things just really made me want to be home. And there was that point of sadness, but at some point I think there was a lot of anger where it really became like, I am worthy of being able to come home and be at home and feel rested.
0: Do so right. you mean and your house home or do you mean inside yourself home? Inside you myself. And
1: of course, both, both, okay. both, both, but of course, within myself, right? Um, and so I think in that, that anger mobilized me and. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I really want to
0: snap to that a moment. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a c- couple of things that you said. I was like, yes, yes, yes. But that the anger motivated you. I really want to snap to that because we have been so. Culturally indoctrinated to the idea that we need to be like calm and agreeable, and that anger is bad, and that our rage is bad. And it's like our emotions are emotions and they make things happen. <laughs> now, I'm not saying like use anger to cause harm, but inside yourself, you can get to a place of anger, and it can be a, it can be the force. best fuel. <laughs> it can be the best fuel the for you know to, right, a force of nature to create change for yourself. And so I love that you were like, I just got angry because I'm like, that's what happens. We get angry, and change happens. And a lot of times we refuse to let ourselves get angry, and then we're stuck. So I love that. I just heard that. I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah,
1: yes. Okay, so anger. And a little bit of rage, a rage. And the thing about my mother, too, you know, I, I many times I thought about my mother, you know, being an immigrant woman, raising us, you know, on her own. And my mom was so invested, you know, in our education and just life. She, she did her best to spice up our lives <laughs> with all sorts of experiences And I knew with certainty that my mom did not work her butt off. So that I could be experiencing, you know, what I think I start I I felt like I started to feel like I was in um in a sweatshop. Hmm. In a community mental health sweatshop. And I was like, my mom worked way too hard for her daughter to be in this situation. I love I need to get I need to get us out of here.
0: (laughs) I love that. Okay. First that resonates real. Definitely. Cause I have a mom who like busted her ass for three of us. And there are times where I even contemplate like, Oh, I'm going to do something that disappoints her because it's not what she expects, but I'm going to do this thing to make us both free. Uh, I know she didn't work that hard for us not to feel free. And even if she doesn't understand it, I'm going to offer us this freedom one. So I, that like what you're saying totally resonates. I get that at a real level. And I love that you brought it up because I wanted to ask about, okay, first I want to comment on like getting praise that like just hurts. You're like, oh, I'm here all the time. <laughs> you mean I have no life? <laughs> Is that what you mean? I don't, you are like, oh, I sacrificed myself and like <sighs> let my blood and sweat and tears make this place. And like, now I feel like I have no soul. So I get an award Woo! like that is soul crushing. So I hear you there. And when um, you mentioned it, I wanted to ask you, and I love that you brought up your mom because I wanted to just dig deeper. And I feel like since you brought up your mom and like just anchoring (laughs) that, that we can go even further down. It's like, can you, do you have access to an awareness about what was causing you to want to be the person who, was there in the morning and was there in the evening and was getting awards for all sorts of stuff that you didn't want to be doing, you know, can you, do you have access to like the thing that was motivating that? Cause it's, I asked that because I know that I've had misguided, um, like very, I don't know, I'm thinking of the word visceral, but it's like, like survival-esque tendencies for what other people call greatness, but what is in reality, just like soul sucking death and like laying my life on the line for whatever praise, whatever adoration, whatever, like look at it, whatever, whatever I was going to get. I don't, you know what I mean? And so I'm just curious, do you have a sense of what was, what was that? What was causing that for you? And I, I just want to acknowledge for myself, it wasn't just about praise. There was a lot of survival mechanism going on for me, right? It was, for me, it was like needing to be at a certain level to feel more secure that I was doing okay and that I was doing all right. What is your, what was your take on that experience? Like what was motivating your, what we're going to call like excellence, but not so excellent. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you say survival, and I I resonate with that so deeply, that notion of survival. And if there's a chopping block, I do not want to be at the end of that chopping block. <laughs> yeah. You know, having been unemployed at some point, you know, I was trying to make a life out here in Los Angeles, right? I mean, I was taking a big dive, kind of just putting everything on the line, and I needed some security, so... If I was going to have some job security, you better believe I was going to excel your expectations um, and just be happy with what you want to offer me. Just take that Mm. happy. It's almost like playing the the role of the good immigrant. (laughs) Play more where an opportunity is presented to you and you take it and you are loyal and you are you know you you are grateful for what is oh
0: yeah that word that makes me want to (laughs) vomit not grateful or gratitude making me want to vomit just like that that because I know what you're talking about that thing where it's like oh, this is good, and I should just be grateful. And like, even if they take advantage, even if I'm over-delivering, even if they overlook me, this is a good situation, and so I should just be grateful. And I've definitely met people (laughs) in my work as a Black woman who seem to be like, wow, you're here, that's amazing. And I'm like, (laughs) it's no offense, I don't know whose voice I just made, but me thinking like, no, I belong here. So this idea that you think that I should be so grateful for this opportunity when I'm like, no, I'm beyond worthy. So so I, I hear you because I know that I've internalized that at one point or another, that like, oh, I shouldn't ask for too much and I should, and I should give more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that piece of worthiness, right? Oh, it's a, it's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a place of recognizing and celebrating, right? Um, our worthiness. So that
0: takes us to like you getting to that realness about shout out to all the immigrants, moms who like do all the damn things. And then when we're finally old enough to take care of ourselves, we're like, still like, what am I going to do right now? Hmm. I, I'm notorious for being like, all right, listen, Esther did not bust her ass for this. So here's what we're going to (laughs) do. Exactly. Right, and in, a, in a way that I use to empower myself. There's lots of ways to do that in a way that's not empowering, but I do it in a way that empowers me. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to put to waste the seeds she planted and the water she poured. This garden is going to look a little different than what she had planned, <laughs> but huh? gonna, but this that garden is, so- is going to grow, you know, and it's going to be beautiful. Um, and it's going to represent us in a beautiful way. That's how I see it. Anyway, you tell me how that showed up for you in your life.
1: That that awareness of your mom. What's your mom's name? I don't remember. Oh, my mom's name. Shout out to my mama, Araceli Huerta. Oh my gosh, yeah. how beautiful! So tell me,
0: <laughs> tell me when you land on the thought, like I know she didn't work for me to be working, like, uh, like you know, like I'm in a sweatshop after I'd done, put all these years of education and like giving and, you know, you have, you have quite the genius inside of you. I know that from working with you, what you bring to the table, right? So you have this awareness. This is not what she had in mind and this is not what you had in mind. So something flipped. What happens next?
1: Um... What happens next? Well, let me maybe this is opportunity for a little interjection here, but this is when Jenny goes on this journey of reconnecting to nature.
0: Great.
1: <laughs> I left his job, right? I was like, bye. I don't I don't have a plan, but I am going to believe in myself. We're gonna figure this out. And so yeah, I reconnected to those, to those of you that are, you know, based in Los Angeles or visit us often, Griffith Park became my safe haven Ben Perfect Park. And I think that that re- reconnection to nature for me was pivotal because it reminded me of my mother. My mom is going to just keep coming in today's conversation. Um, but nature has always been my her love language to me, to my brother. It's mm. been her love language. And so in a way, I felt like I came home to nature as a medium in which my mom continue has continued speaking to me right um giving me hope through the plants right speaking to me through the bees and I think I just can't take for granted how reconnecting to nature um helped me become more curious about what is it that I do want though because I'm clear on what I don't want but what do you want and that has been at times like a terrifying experience like no, really, what do I want? <laughs> and who do I think I am to be wanting these things? Right, there's a lot of um chatter that came with that, and so it was important for me to yeah tap into resources like yourself to really um help me get to the other side of the bridge.
0: Tell me what were those resources? It sounds like nature 100%. I co signed, first of all, I feel like I have a couple of times I can remember in your coaching where the problems were solved in nature, where like curriculum plans were formed in nature. Like you're like, I went to the park and then I came up with these ideas or <laughs> like this problem, I know what to do about this problem. I went on a hike. So that's pretty dope. It's my homie, it really is. <laughs> I a hundred percent co-sign solving problems and and just waiting for creativity to happen in nature. I just like these trees know things. That's how I, like, that. They, like, it knows things. It gets us in touch with ourselves. It turns off a whole bunch of chatter. Um, I don't know if they're, like, I don't know if the wind is carrying shit. I just, like, know that problems get solved. So I completely hear you on that. What else did you, you, you mentioned the word resources. What were the resources that you tapped into when you got to this place of, like, I'm coming home to myself. I'm coming home to self-actualization. I'm coming home to the things that I want and like the knowledge and awareness and clarity of what that is. What were the resources that helped you find that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, at that point, you know, I've been a mental health provider for, gosh, a little bit more than a decade. Um, you know, and I've interweek with social, with not social services, but therapy for a while, right? Come, come as needed. But, um, I was due for for some more inner work. <laughs> and so this was a two year two year process of really like, it's almost like there had been all these, you know, all that was within me, all this chatter, right, had a way of percolating into like my relationships, so my relationships at work, with my supervisor, right with my partner. Um but at some point I started to notice that there was a pattern with um my supervisors. I was like, why do these relationship with supervisors just like not turn out so well at some point? And so I had to just take a hard look at it, right? And um all to say that it was important that I get my own therapy and do a lot of my healing around you know um childhood wounds that we have wounds in my attachment with my mother right? because for the longest you know as a therapist sometimes there could be this sense of like you know just keep your personal stuff aside right look at you know there's it's such a weird binary type of situation
0: yeah do you think that's real I think it's such bullshit like I don't even think it's remotely (laughs) possible (laughs) I personally just I mean I definitely know what it is to go into my work as a nurse as a coach as a mental health care provider and like focus in on the task at hand and like throw things to the wind but I and like be in the moment but I just actually don't believe, I think, I think I'm doing it at this point. I don't actually believe (laughs) that it's possible in the ways that we are trained to believe it's possible. Like, I just think that we show up wherever we go and that we might put things in like a little box, but like shit, like shit, like bulges or like it leaks or like we drop it. Like I don't, Don't buy anymore (laughs) the idea that we can compartmentalize the way that we imagine that we do. I think Uh, all of us shows up one way or another, and like, yeah, people put on good facades, but then, like, you know, it leaks into something else. It does. That's what I think. What are your thoughts?
1: (laughs) Oh, I agree with you, right? And what a harm for us to have to, it's almost like we have to constantly break ourselves apart when we're. compartments Thank
0: you. <laughs> Put together
1: one, two, three. Compartmentalizing. <laughs> yes. Like it leaves us feeling so fragmented. Right? I, yes.
0: I'm sorry. I just had a memory. Oh. That's why my face light up because I was remembering times where that came up in the work that we're doing. Like just your, without having to tell any stories. Just like um, your willingness. Like, you just got to a point where you were like, I'm going to show up as me everywhere. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, and then, which, you know, I'm just going to warn everybody. Like, first, that, like, it sounds amazing. (laughs) And it is, but at first it's uncomfortable because you go back to the places where you've been this way for this job and this way for this relationship and this way for this other circumstance or project. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to be me all the places and they're going to see all the sides of me because I'm just not, (laughs) I'm just not catering to like, you know, I'm not fixing this for this person and hiding this for this person. And I just remember you getting to that place where you're like, yeah, I'm going to show up as myself everywhere. And then we were like reveling in that idea. And then of course life was like, Jenny, we have some opportunities for you to show up as yourself. And then you were like, okay, I'm
1: Let's gonna do it. I'm gonna okay. do it. <laughs> and you did it. Gosh, yes, we did it. We did it because I was exhausted. Really, mm-hmm. you know, mentally, spiritually, just feeling like I was doing a bajillion different things. And I was just like, Where is the coherence in all of this? <laughs> like it's yeah. too complicated. Can we simplify this? And I remember right in our conversations where that just was at my forefront when we started working together. I was just so exhausted of all the fragmentation. And I was like, yeah, let's try this. I show up as my full self everywhere, right? I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not just, um, let me, let me actually switch that. It's almost like if I'm going to be doing work around nature, I'm also going to integrate my work with families and I'm also going to integrate you know infant mental health and I'm also going to integrate maternal mental health right and if I'm working you know with these other systems of course gonna be inspired right with mindfulness of course so it's like why like it's just more exciting yes <laughs> it's more exciting it's so
0: much more exciting it's so much more integrated it's so much more dynamic it's so much more powerful Um, yes, it is. And I love that you're naming that because I, I think that like, okay, first, I just think the magic of human beings is like, we all have our individual stories, right? You can't, you're not going to find someone who has the same exact everything as you. Like if you do, wow. But in most cases, you're not, we all have our own mix of things that create us. And like, Then we meet another person who has their own mix of things. We come together, we make a new thing. Like, you know, every time someone's like, oh, someone else is doing this thing that I want to do. I'm like, but they're not you. Like you could, you guys could teach the same exact things, the same subject matter, do the same exact work and it will not be the same. It just can't be the same because of how unique each one of us is. And so I love that you're bringing that to the table. Like if you show up to your work, which I think is like beautiful, important work on this planet, right? If you come show up to your work and you bring all of the things that are important and essential and make you you that you care about to every place, everything gets to be blessed in a very unique oh. way that you can only bless it.
1: That's how I see. It. <laughs> we'll snap to that. Yes. <laughs> imagine, imagine the impact.
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't have to imagine. I saw you do it. (laughs) I was there. I mean, I wasn't in every office, but I was, you know, I was weekly gathering. You're bearing witness. Yes, I was bearing witness, right? And I remember at one point, like, you, you were willing to have a conversation that I just was like, oh, oh, this mental health industry needs you to say that. Like, it's been doing like like all systems right they get stuck in a way and in a pattern and then it's like how does it change we all get so frustrated with how slow things can be in different areas I and I'm sure that's true for like most industries that it takes really t- it takes a lot of time if it's not tech and even tech like to innovate stuff Healthcare, like oh my god right? Mental health, even slower, (laughs) right? And so I was like, oh, you will, your willingness to have this conversation to be like, oh, I I am planning to show up as myself with my values as they are. And this little caveat rule that you have in mental health, that doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to say out loud that it doesn't make any sense. And I was like, yes, please tell somebody that that shit's crazy. Like, and I was so grateful that you were like me being myself, means I need to have this conversation. And for me witnessing, and I was like, oh, you being yourself means that you get to change this industry.
1: What? Yes, please (laughs) do it. I mean, I feel like we need to speak on what, you know, the nonsense, like speak on the nonsense. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Why are we doing it this way? Can we consider other options? Yeah.
0: And like, these are my values. So I, I, I just want to say out loud, this is what they are. And they're not this. And if you hire me, this is the values you're going to get. Not, I'm not going to stick to what the rules... Like, I'm not going to stick to this outdated thing. So if you would like to work with me, then you get to broaden your horizons. Oh. And I thought that was so powerful. Because I was like, yes, please disrupt. Disrupt. Cause a disruption. <laughs>
1: But what a shift, right? From like the initial mentality that we were describing. Yes. I like, was getting, at
0: that time. <laughs> yeah. From getting awards for like, I don't know, selling your soul to like, hello, if you'd like to work with me. Great. You <laughs> are the terms. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, easier said than done, right? But it's so important. I think I really have committed to that walk of just wanting to be authentic and be real and keep it real um I think I'm really wanting to embrace that notion of just bringing ease into life and that that, that's really big right because as I can imagine so many of us are so hardwired on the going going and I'm I'm I guess in and my revolt right now is just saying, like, let's slow down. Mm. Maybe how about less is more? How about sustainability being, like, centered to what we do? How about we less?
0: Yes, 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 yes. I really loved um, the conversations we had about sustainability and work. I want to go back. I kind of want to stay here, but I also want to go back to, like, the process of, that this coming home to yourself because it's super important. And so I'll just write a note <laughs> about sustainability because I want to come back. But so far you shared that when you had your like epiphany aha, uh-huh, like I don't want this word. <laughs> that first thing was you just got in touch with nature and use it as a place to like get back to knowing yourself, get reacquainted with your own desire and then you reflected on like um, patterns that you were seeing and how therapy would be instrumental in um, ch- helping you change those patterns. Mm. And then um, is that? I think that's where you left off that you spent two years doing this work in therapy. What happens next? Like, or what other things were going on that created this that created what where you are right now.
1: Where I am now, right? Yeah. yeah so I think um, during that course of time, I was really just filling my cup. So I got to a place, thank goodness, where I was more stable mentally, spiritually. And at that point, I think I just started to now become more curious about like, okay, well now what's going on in my community, right? So I was able to look beyond myself, beyond again, because I was in a more stable place. And I then started to notice, like, gosh, a lot of the little ones that I work with, um, you know, professionally, my population of who I provide services is the birth to five population. So I work with the little ones Hmm. and in doing home visits throughout East LA, Boyle Heights, Lincoln Heights. um, I just started to notice that I would often hear that these little ones were going outside maybe once, twice per week. Um, and so I became even more curious, right? And of course I'm seeing them on a weekly basis. I'm seeing the behaviors or presentations and I'm like, there's, there's something that's going on here. And so I remember like bringing it up to a supervisor and, you know, kind of beginning that dialogue and that conversation around like, what, what is this about? So at that point, I heard about this amazing community program called Nature for All and I got some, some training and really learned about environmental justice issues. Um, and I was able to put in words, right, to what I was perhaps seeing. Um, and I was able to better conceptualize that, you know, gosh, these environmental justice issues are also contributing to mental health issues. This is a public health issue that needs to be addressed. I'm a social worker by training so i care about this stuff right it's so aligned with who i am and the things that matter to me and so began my journey of like um just getting more involved in the community um getting some training but also getting some real world experience like bringing others to nature and one of the first hikes that i got to facilitate was for other mental health clinicians so i actually went back to that clinic that i had left And I reached out to social workers and I'm like, I see you. (laughs) Mm. I can only imagine how burnt out you feel. Allow me to offer a space for us to rest together. Um, I remember being really scared because I was like, who the hell am I bringing all these 20 people out to nature? May no, no disaster happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love when we do something for the first time that we're completely like, um, like qualified to do. And then brain is just like wigging out it's like are you trying to talk to people are you trying to go outside in nature like I'm not gonna just create a lightning storm because it's you (laughs) that's what our brain does I love I'm just I'm just remarking on that because you're like I'm gonna take them out to nature your past colleagues, you've been a therapist for decades. You're fully, you went to a training, you're fully qualified to do this. Even if you hadn't done the training, you probably would have done a good job. (laughs) And your brain was like, what are you doing? Where are you going with these people? (laughs) Main, like, um, it just does that. Anyway, I'm just laughing about how it goes when you decide to do something new. We're either like completely Like, oh, it's going to be fine and underestimate everything or we're the other way and we're like, it's going to be an absolute disaster. It doesn't matter that I studied 10 years (laughs) to do this, you know what I mean? Or like, I have that many years of experience. Okay. So what I think is really beautiful about what you just shared is that like you went from um, spending time with nature yourself and then getting therapy to work on like one-on-one your own stuff and then like being inspired by your work to actually do that healing in community in a way where you were a facilitator but also you were like a co-conspirator of sorts
1: oh absolutely yeah you were part of the healing
0: as well which is so cool because um I think we don't think about that enough like I think when people think about like group therapy or group programs um i don't know people tend to shy i just get the impression people prefer like the individual 1 on 1 they think that more will come from that and i think there's a lots of value all of my not all of my work but most of my work is 1 on 1 but the things that happen in community are really like like people don't realize our brains in a lot of ways are wired for us to do, to be together, to heal together, to like our nervous system, to chill together. Like when you're in the right place with the right people, like good, that's good medicine. (laughs) It's good medicine. So I love that it shifted from this kind of one-on-one to including work in the community and with nature, like so much connection, so much healing.
1: We're collective cultures. Yeah. cultures. And so, yeah, it was incredible to expand that out, right? I don't know.
0: <laughs> so when did you land on um, beginning to, like, where were you when you decided to do coaching?
1: Where was I? I was another pivoting point. Um, and... I was like, so this practice that you've been talking about, Jenny, like, I think it's time. So I think this was kind of as things were turning somewhat with COVID. And so there was in me like this sense of like, it's I want to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to come out of my cocoon. I've been hibernating um, because in many ways, you know, with COVID, it felt like there was, I had space in my life to just hibernate with with ideas and hopes and I was ready to come out, but I was scared, right, again, that chatter that freaks up, um, and so that's what brought me to you, after you're listening to you, I was like, this is, this is, this is where we want to go, but I was really scared.
0: I was <laughs> oh, scary, I'm just, I think that's helpful for people to hear,
1: yeah, just,
0: just kind of like, normalize it, because like, I don't know. We think that we're just going to do something new and like, and beca- if it's the right thing, then we're not going to be afraid. And it's, <laughs> that's not always the case. It might be the right thing. And it's like, <gasps> this is new and scary. So tell me like, what were the fears that came up?
1: I mean, for one, I think it was the the financial component. I think, um, you know, finances and healing those financial wounds has also been a part of my own healing journey. And so obviously that was coming up at first as far as like questioning my worthiness around making a big investment. Yeah. Um, wondering like, who do I feel comfortable even sharing that I'm doing this? And so in a way it felt like this, this thing that I was taking a plunge on um, that I wasn't too comfortable sharing with other people because I was worried about what they would think. Yeah, some support. Remember that.
0: <laughs> I love that you. I remember you talking to me about it, and I really am grateful that you're bringing it up because um, not everybody comes from a culture. And I'm going to offer, even like for most people in American culture, this idea of investing in yourself like is not really. Um, has not been normalized. Like, there are ways that our culture says it's okay to invest in yourself. Like, if you're going to get a degree at the end or, like, a shiny sticker <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that you completed or certificate, fine. Right? If Fine. If you need to, like, buy a new car or you don't need to, but you want a new car, fine. No one's going to say anything to you. If you want to, like, get a property, fine. Like, we're, we've been... That doesn't even actually mean that those decisions are smart and the right thing for you to do, but we're culturally kind of sensitized to believe like, oh no, that's always reasonable. That's always the best use of your money. We don't really question that. But then you say you're going to drop a couple of thousand dollars on just focusing on yourself and like coming home to yourself, which is like, what the fuck is the price tag for that? (laughs) Right? Like that's so valuable. But if you try to explain that to somebody, not anybody, but like culturally, I think that there's a lot of little pockets on this planet where a woman spending money on self actualization is like just wild. <laughs> like, my mom thinks it's wild that I spend money, like a dollar extra on organic if she knew the kind of money that I threw around for my own personal well-being and joy and pleasure like she'd be like can you just sit down and relax so I definitely have some familiar familiarity with a culture that's not accustomed to that kind of um It's a threat. threat. Self-love. I'm going to call it self-love, right? Like, I'm allowed to pour into a college, but I'm not allowed to pour into myself? What? But for some people, they're like, oh, if you do the college, then you get the shiny paper, and then you get the lies that come with the shiny paper about how everything's going to be perfect. But if you just pour into yourself, then what do you get? I would argue everything. Paper, no paper, when you pour into yourself, you you get all of the benefits. Right. Um, and and you always get to have them forever. But yeah, definitely the idea of like um making an investment like that and having a sense that other people aren't gonna understand a choice that you're making for yourself, like just to know yourself like, is not surprising or shocking to me. I know that, that happens. And it definitely is familiar in the world that I grew up in, probably not the world that I'm in now, but certainly my mother would have a heart attack if she knew, like, she'd have a heart attack if she knew how much I charge. she would have a heart attack if she knew how much I've spent, (laughs) she would have a heart attack if she just, like, that doesn't make sense to her in her world, um, yeah, and I know other people who could, I could call kind of my peers that, have a similar misunderstanding about that. They rather give a university the money and hope that that pays off, than just spend time like learning about themselves and healing their own shit and building beautiful relationships and knowing themselves well enough to find themselves in work that really like feels good on them because they get to be themselves. Anyway, I could rant on that all day. Back to you. <laughs> Back to you. So you did this courageous thing. Yeah. That you thought maybe some people won't understand. And it is okay. It is okay. How, I mean, did you, how did you make it okay for yourself?
1: I mean, I think being very gentle with the fe- the fears that were coming up for me. I remember we spent some time with that, right? Um, being really gentle with just being curious about why is it that I feel this way? I think that that's probably been the biggest part. Um, Yeah. I remember having that conversation with you around that.
0: Do you remember what you learned from asking yourself that question? And I don't, I'm just curious. I don't remember. (laughs) I know it's been a while. It was many months ago, but do you have a sense of like, you know, what was, what was the predominant thoughts or feelings about what it meant to invest in yourself in a way that doesn't give you a shiny sticker at the end?
1: Right. Um, I think it just goes back to that piece of like money, right? Let's take, for example, right? Exactly what you brought up, right? How How do you have these conversations with your mother about This is how much I'm investing in myself,
0: mom. I love how much we're talking about our mothers.
1: (laughs) They're here with
0: us. I know. And it's like, I definitely don't think about my mother in all of the decisions that I make, but I definitely feel like when we're talking about the things that scare us, like we just drop back to our old programming. So then it wouldn't be surprising that we bump into family dynamics Mm -hmm. when we're thinking about the thing that is scary and knew if it's outside of what we were raised on. Anyway, I'm just like, moms is getting a lot of, they're getting a lot of love. They're also getting a little bit of like, oh yeah, you didn't teach me that.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's okay because it always leaves opportunity for dialogue, right? And that's something that I'm True. working through. Like, let's just have conversation. Like, what what does this mean to you? So- um, I can't say in brutal honesty, that I'm necessarily telling her how much I'm spending <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of growth for, for growth there. Cause I ultimately would like, love to be transparent. I I want to work to that point where I could be transparent with her if she is curious to know. Um, but it's, it's that piece that we're constantly unwrapping around like just the notion of money, right? How do you go from survival mode to now having the surplus of money and, like, moving that money, right, or making meaning of that money. Um, yeah, I think that there's been a lot of, like, rewiring that I've had to do around just, in general, my relationship to money. And, and going back to that question around fear, I think I was just afraid to reclaim my worthiness because I just felt too loud to noise provoking <laughs> that's exactly what i've been
0: needing mm. okay so two things first i want to just like i want to praise all of the work that you did around money while as we worked together because you went from like that fear and like not wanting to look at it really and like having guilt and shame around not wanting to engage with it intimately which is not, I don't think that's an unfamiliar feeling, especially for women. We've been raised in the, I'm just going to be state specific because I know that I've got listeners from all over the place, but the patriarchy is real all over the place too. We just, as women, we're just trained, like we're responsible with money that we spend on frivolous things that we will spend on makeup and our hair and the furniture for the house and all of this stuff to look pretty. And then society judges that, Society, men, (laughs) and society will judge that as like we're being frivolous when in reality we just offer so much beauty (laughs) and also because we have to live up to their standards to fit in. And for years, women were not allowed in this country to like have a bank account and manage their money themselves. So we're constantly getting this program that we're bad at it. And so the end result is a sense of like not looking at it, shame no matter what the circumstances, shame. Like if, if you've got, I've, I've had clients with like hundreds of thousands of dollars saved who felt deep shame that they didn't have enough and they were afraid to use it. And I've had clients who like have an exorbitant amount of debt, the work that they love to do. Because student loans and then shame. And I was like, oh, we're just going to, they're just going to make us have shame <laughs> no matter what. You never and win so, it. And, Right. And so the tendency then is that so many of us are just like, I'm not going to look at it. I just feel bad about it. I manage it just enough to like get by, but I don't make any real plans because then I feel bad that I, if I have to put it in my face, then I'm going to feel uncomfortable because I've been trained to feel uncomfortable no matter what, It is. And I think what was really beautiful about the work that we did together around money was I saw you getting very intimate with your money. I saw you like strategically um, spending time with like figuring out the numbers and like getting very organized and um, doing the work of like, I can be with whatever is and love myself and not judge myself so that I could be like, people... Ugh, oh, I'm so like, looking at I'm like, but I feel so passionate about it. And I just loved, I so enjoyed watching you have that experience of recognizing this thing that I know I taught you. And then just seeing you do it was that like being intimate with your money is just being intimate with yourself. That's all that it is. It's like the money is whatever, but if you can look at any number and not make it be who you are or let it define you or look at any state where you're like, whoops, I didn't look at that account for a while. And you don't make that mean you're bad at anything. If you could just see the numbers as numbers and nothing's like penetrating as a deep wound, which we've been taught to do, like look at number, negative guilt, look at number positive, not enough guilt. Like if you can look at it in a way where you don't shame and blame yourself, all you're doing is getting intimate with yourself. All you're doing is learning how to be with yourself no matter what the circumstances. And I saw you do that like very tenderly and gracefully, like and almost quietly throughout the process. (laughs) You just mentioned like, oh, I just went to this and I went to this thing and I had this group and I worked with this accountant person. And like you were just gently allowing yourself to do this discovery without being critical in judgment and then in the end result you're like um I'm in a surplus (laughs) and I was like where did that come from where did that come from oh low Lopez
1: has a surplus surplus I am that person now yes you are that person I am that person and I own it And I love that you brought up the piece of the group, because I feel that that's been such a nugget of this experience. It's just finding community. Yes. Yes, I remember us talking
0: about that. And you were like, wait, I am in a group. And I was like, go to the group. (laughs) Great. Go to the group. So I just remember like being proud of you, of just like that willingness to to go from a place where you didn't want to look at it at all or like (laughs) very shy and timid about looking at all of the details of everything and moving from that place to a willingness to do that work in community. Right. Like, oh, right. That's big. Like going from like, I can't even be with it by myself to like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it with my coach. And I'm going to go to this meeting with other people and talk about it. And like, and like the shift that, that willingness, that, level of vulnerability and I'm going to call it vulnerability because I think it makes us tender in that way. Um, it can, right. We think we're like dealing with, we think it's a judgment of ourself. And so like it creates this tenderness, it creates this vulnerability. We've been taught to do that and that you move through that. It was so beautiful. So I love that. All right. I'm mindful that we can probably talk for a thousand years. So let me think about where definitely, um, things I really want to ask you about. Okay. So something that we talked about before we started pressing record was the idea of cycles and like moving through things more than once. Um, and I want to pick your brain about what that means to you and like what that looked like for you. And maybe we'll talk about stuff that came up in the time together that relates, but this is, you know, right now, I just want to give you a moment to like share your own, you know, your own medicine from the work we've done together, but also just from your life.
1: Right. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I think going back to circles of life, um, I sound like lion king here circles of life. Um, I think thinking about that has just, and, and we've talked about it lots, lots of times, but that piece of sustainability, right. Mm-hmm. I think that just being able to be in community um, is what I take from, just from life overall, mm-hmm. but more so now, like, I think um, I'm, I'm wondering like, what is my role in breaking union and bringing us together and creating safe spaces for us. Um, especially with COVID, I felt like, you know, we've all been in such survival mode and we need collective space to be with each other, to hold space for each other, to let ourselves, you know, be felt, hurt, and seen. Like there's so much medicine there. And so I'm 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 in this point in my life and And I think I attribute so much of it to our work together of just wanting to manifest, right? All my wildest dreams, but in a way that feels sustainable and that brings people together and where we could do it in nature. Um, Because I feel that nature um, holds all of us. And I think that that's a wonderful way to even think about the way that we provide mental health services Right, where it's often, again, that fragmentation, that disconnection. We're so disconnected from nature in our mental health world. And I think it's, it's time to let nature come into the center of our work with children and families, especially as we're, you know, grieving, <laughs> grieving lots that has happened in the last couple of years. And also as a space, because I imagine that anxiety around climate change right? is in the forefront of a lot of people's hearts. It's something that we worry about. And so maybe we have spaces to reconnect to nature, to, you know, feeling inspired for us to find ways to care for nature in the way that she cares for us. And it does require vulnerability, right? To allow ourselves to um, let nature work through us. But I do feel that I'm a manifestation of that, And I say that very humbly. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: I just feel that um, because I've allowed nature to speak to me, that I'm now able to be a vessel, to be a bridge, to bring my life experiences, to bring my genius, as you like to call it, um, and to bring my heart to what I do. And so taking all of that into account, right, I feel like sense of holding and of wholeness. And knowing that that is possible because I've been doing, you know, this really hard, but, but such community driven work to get to this place. Mm-hmm.
0: So many really yummy things in there. One of them is about like sustainability. And I have I've really enjoyed our conversations about sustainability that weren't about just the planet, you know. Just the planet, not like the planet is a just, but you know what I mean? Like that, because that's how we mostly hear it when we're talking about, um, the earth and conserving water and all of that stuff in the environment. But, um, the conversations that we've had about sustainability are more all encompassing. They include how we take care of ourselves. They include how we work in ways that actually are life giving so that, the what we're doing actually feeds us, which makes it sustainable. That, and that came into play a lot as we talked about you showing up in your work work spaces as yourself, because it was about like, when you're able to be yourself, when you're at home with yourself in these places, then you get to have relationships and you get to work in a way that feeds you, right Like that makes it so much easier for you to do the work. So I really love this part about sustainability and I really honored all of our conversations where sustainability was like it wasn't just about the environment. it was about everything. Like how do we bring how do we give in a way that gives back to us? How do we how do we create projects and build community and do other work that is like life-giving? like, so nerdy, right? That creates overflow. So big. So I really enjoyed the conversations and, like, what you've created from that, because you've created some really amazing things in your own projects, but also, like, (laughs) what happened was when I met you in, like, November, December, you were like, I'm really feeling like not confident about my voice and like how to use it. And then like now like every week we get together, you're like, oh, I just did this interview and oh, I just ran this class and oh, I just did this meetup and like, and I referenced those because I feel like that was part of this, the sustainability, like your ability to do those things with ease came from you being determined about showing up in a way that was sustainable for you, that replenished you, that nourished you, that made it feel good for you to use your voice. So i kiss for that. That was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And so I'm, I'm in so much gratitude that I can offer myself that. I think what I love even more though, is when other people pick up on that and people start to question themselves, like, how am I showing up? And how am I caring for myself? Mm. And so we create, we, it's almost like relationships come front and center, right? And so when I'm in relationship with the people that I get to create with, right, and co-create with, it's no longer just work. Now it's us being artists and we get to jam out and we get to, you know, just have fun with this, you know, have some trial and error. Like yeah. all those things are so liberating, because I remember telling you so many times that um, what made has made the work in the past so exhausting is being so caught up in my head. Mm-hmm. And now I realize, like, all oh, that is good is here, and it doesn't need to be in bullet points. It doesn't have to be at loud. Yes. I can just speak. <laughs> Jenny just gave yourself permission to speak, right? And and just be yourself. Again, easier said than done. Um, but you, again, you can't put a price on 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 those nuggets in your journey, in my journey at least. Yeah.
0: Yes, priceless. Yes, priceless is like, I remember like one week of you being worried about getting the plans for um, one of your programs together and like getting the curriculum together one week. And then like the next week, you're like, oh, I just like, I just went for it. <laughs> I didn't over plan. I was like, you didn't over prepare. You didn't like dot every I and cross every T and read through it six times and make it perfect. You were just like, I went with it, <laughs> which is huge. And it was good. And it was, community, and, and it builds community. I remember that you were just like, we were together when you presented, you like created community instead of this like hierarchy hierarchy where you were the, you know, you were the person who had all the information, you created a dynamic because you decided not that you could bring enough being yourself that made it so that everybody got to pour
1: into what you were doing.
0: So beautiful. So amazing. We need our
1: hands on deck. Yes. Everyone, (laughs) everyone. So,
0: so, so amazing um is there something else from what you just shared that I love there were a lot of things there were a lot of things but I guess um so that we don't go on forever because I know we can I deeply believe it
1: just and you're like, good to go. I, right
0: we'd be like pause we need more water and ice we'll be right back in this California heat <laughs>
1: seriously
0: um that's, that's good. I'm going to remember that for future podcast episodes in the summer. I'm like, here's my rule. When we walk, when we run out of water, <laughs> hey, no, <my laughs> we probably stop because we've been talking for a while, but okay. All right. So many beautiful things. Um, I know that you brought up cycles and you talked about sustainability and that was good. Is there anything else that I want to pick from your brain? I want to, oh, I want you to talk about, okay, I want, here's my two things. I want to ask you, what do you think is the most valuable thing that you gained from us working together? And then I want you to share what you're doing in the world now and like how people can connect with you. And if you forget any of those questions, I'll tell you again. So the first one was, what do you think is the most valuable thing that you got, from our time together.
1: Take up space in my own colorful way. Smells <laughs> so, so cliche, but no, really. But for real. <laughs> but for real. Take up space. Um, I think I came in saying like, I really need to open up this heart chakra Right, like I really want to get comfortable just speaking because uh, it just caused a lot of nervousness. But um, I wasn't playing; I wasn't playing, and the universe really did hear me because before I knew it, you know, I was getting all sorts of emails, (laughs) and not that they were meant for me. It wasn't like Jenny Lopez, please. No, you know, it was just random. We're looking for da 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 da. Um, Okay, I'll talk about it right and it's just had this whole domino effect but to be truthful I don't listen to them because I'm still working through you know getting comfortable hearing my own voice that's fair it's fair right
0: I um, mean it's part of the process yeah, it's part I remember of the process. listening to the first episode that I remember hearing my voice for the first time and recording like when I got my first cell phone and had to make a voicemail and I was like what <laughs> so like there's it can you know yeah it's a process it's part of the process but what I love is that you're not saying no you're saying yes yes you're saying yes and you're seeing opportunities and you're like oh they're looking for me I'm here (laughs) and you're doing it which is amazing
1: it's becoming more and more comfortable more and more comfortable
0: Yeah. Yes, I I definitely have several record. I definitely have memories of recent memories of you just going casually telling me about a speaking engagement. You're like, "Oh, it's so easy," where before it was like, "Oh, I really need to prepare, and I don't know," and like, there was a lot of not wanting to ruffle too many feathers and not take any take up too much space six months ago that I don't see. Anymore. Now I see you like going out of your way to be like, "Oh, I have to say this truthful thing about (laughs) this situation." Mm, Very soon that will be, (laughs) and that you're doing it. You've had quite a handful of speaking engagements that I'm really so grateful for because I think the work that you do is so important. Like this connection to the earth, I really loved what you shared just now as we talked about cycles and sustainability and being in community and being community in nature and like. Taking care of finding ways to connect with each other and with the earth to, to not just heal the earth, but also heal the division that we have between us and the earth. This like false belief that we're separate from it. This false belief that we're separate from each other. So I'm so happy that now that every time someone gives you an opportunity to say something about it, you do
1: <laughs> love that. Talk about it. Let me tell you about my homie. Gotta
0: talk about the homie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me, or tell everyone, what are you doing in the world right now? And then share all the ways that people can connect with you.
1: Absolutely. So um, what do I do out in the world? Listen, well, I know you do a lot of
0: things. So let me help you with this. Yes,
1: With this. Tell us about
0: what's like new and exciting. Cause I know like you are a bit magical and you have your hands in many beautiful different communities and pots. <laughs> so you've so in that way, I know you're incredible and that we could probably do an hour of all the amazing stuff that you're doing. <laughs> Which I'm happy to put all the links to in the show notes, but I definitely want you to focus in on like, What's most pressing and what's or or more most powerful to you that you think people need to hear about? Um, and then how they can connect with you. Okay, and that is also an invitation for later. You can send me all the links to everything you're doing, and I'm happy to put them in the show notes so that people can
1: find all the magical ways to connect with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, literally hot off the press because we both know it's really hot. Um, so. Yes, a few loves in my life and I, we're going to be hosting a reconnecting with nature. It's going to be a six week group out here in Los Angeles um, to keep posted on exact location. But it'll be six weeks, Saturday morning, starting uh, Saturday, September 3rd, where the the vision is to really bring us all together and to have some space to generally connect to nature. And so we'll find that we'll connect to nature in a myriad of ways because I believe that there is no one single way to connect to nature. Mm -hmm. And so the hope is that, you know, you come in with an open heart and are curious and lean in and kind of explore like what vibes with you, what resonates with you. Um, So this group will be a therapeutic group. So I do want to put that out there. It's going to be nature-centered Um, And we're, of course, one of our specialties is providing mindfulness um, exercises. We feel like it really goes hand in hand. Nature just naturally is like a paradise for mindfulness. So we'll get to practice that together. Um, So, yeah, that's more or less a little bit about what's coming up in September, which we're excited about. So please feel free to check out wonderwelltherapy.com to get more information on this um, beautiful group. It will be rather intimate. So we're hoping to have, um, we're going to cap at 10 participants. It's an intimate. So again, wonderwelltherapy.com to learn more. Awesome.
0: I feel like the timing is, well, the timing is obviously more than perfect, (laughs) Um, but something that you mentioned was like the grief of just like, I don't know, the grief of the last few years. It's been, I feel like grief is just like, I've made, um, in the ways that we were talking about money and being intimate with the money, like I've made an intentional effort to be very intimate with my grief. At first, I didn't really understand it in this like era of COVID. And now I understand so deeply like how change and how just like things and the isolation and like just what's going on with our government, like grief is happening while, you know, all the companies and all the capitalism is still functioning. Grief is happening. And I feel like if I'm just going to make this call for anyone who's in LA, if you're still really trying to learn how to be with your grief around climate change, around what is going on in our government, around, the challenges of COVID and its ever-changing dynamics and like how to be together and how to be together safely and how every like few months it changes, that this is an opportunity to be in community that's pretty safe, right? Because it's outside and to do this work of um allowing yourself to connect to something bigger and more meaningful and be in community and like give yourself little opportunities for for the tenderness that brief, that brief brings to like have a a home or a break or respite, you know? So I highly recommend meeting Jenny, wherever she's at, wherever natural place that she's going to be in LA. I highly, highly recommend if you're, especially if you're somebody who's feeling like you don't know what to do about climate change, get outside, like get outside. Nature will tell you what to do? Like being in community with it will tell you what to do. Also, Jenny
1: will tell you what to do.
0: <laughs>
1: I'll find a... some options for us. We'll be <laughs> together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think thank that's you so amazing. Much for that. No, and, thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm, and around the theme, right? That that theme of like being and um, just together in community. We are hoping, right? Um, again, the groups that will be facilitated through this platform are going to be nature centered. That's not to say that there's maybe a diversity of different topics that we'll touch on. Um, We are very much wanting to provide mommy and me groups in nature because what a wonderful way to start with, you know, that such beautiful relationship early on, becoming curious about each other, right? Noticing cues, Mm. all that wonderful stuff that nature does a wonderful job of modeling for us. Um, so if there is interest around that, as well as just restorative experiences for social workers, also please keep an eye out for that. And we're hoping to really sink into like, what are the community needs and provide um, those supports?
0: I love that. I have deep, deep, deep gratitude for the work that you do in the world. And I've told you more than once, it has been such a privilege for me to help you you do this beautiful work like i i really consider it an honor like that i do this work and that i get to support people like you and bringing your magic that we desperately need into the world my favorite thing to do so thank you so much for that privilege and that honor and thank you for being on my podcast today
1: oh. I feel like we need some cha 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 music or something probably but I didn't um. say that. <laughs> <laughs> we need more water that's what it is Totally right too thank you Melissa so much your work is so sacred and anyone who gets the opportunity to work with you gosh hold on tight you're in for a journey
0: mm,
1: thank you <laughs> I love that
0: that's wonderful all right
1: okay. bye everyone <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get Sacred podcast. For more ways to connect, I want you to head to MelissaElysian.com. To be coached by me, head to my website and schedule a time for us to chat all things sacred and sovereign about your life and your business. The link is in the show notes. I'll talk to you soon.